One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hi, welcome to the Football Writers Podcast. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by two of what used to be known as Fleet Street's finest. David Walker, Darren Lewis of the Daily Mirror. Now, David, you covered Manchester United in the Fergie era. What would he think of the current crew? I think he'd be impressed with the start they've had. Uh, I did think of Fergie on Friday night when the, uh, the Giants marched out at Old Trafford because I thought of the other side of it. There was a famous summer when he went watching one or two of the young kids he'd been told about and he saw them run out and he didn't realise a little ginger boy was called Paul Scholes and his actual quote was, gosh, what were you doing signing midgets? <laughs> and you looked at it the other side on Friday night and I can't remember a Manchester United team as physically tall or with so many players. And I've got to say that the power they've added and the quality because uh, Bay at the back looks a good player. Um, I must admit, you know, I'm surprised by some of the things that, that have happened with Fellaini staying in there. But you see Pogba and Ibrahimovic and they do look quality signings. It looks also a Mourinho team already mm. after two games, doesn't it? Yeah, they look defensively efficient. Bay, as you say, is an excellent signing. Probably, perhaps the lowest profile £30 million player yeah. you'll ever see in your life. But mm. I think as far as... United were concerned. They only really needed tweaks. Last season, theirs was the joint best defensive record in the Premier League, but they couldn't score goals. 49 goals, one of the lowest in the top half. I think only Stoke scored fewer goals in the top half. So they needed an injection of quality up front. But Zlatan not only brings quality, but he brings authority. He brings a winning mentality, an ego. I think as far as United are concerned, there was an authority about the way they attacked. And it was shades of Sir Alex, the way they had Southampton, a competent team themselves, pinned in during the second half. They were searching for that second goal. I think Rooney's delivery was fabulous. I think he's had a lot of stick, but he, he did put in some superb delivery mm. for that goal. And I think overall... You look at United and you see a team that is going to be challenging yeah. you for You know something, league. Mike, you saw it, and it wasn't all the time, it wasn't consistent, but at times when they attacked, particularly with Martial on the counter, mm. they went with pace. And one of the great things from Sir Alex's teams, Man United really would attack. You know, the, it was Gibson the old goal. Kent, was Absolutely, it? and then mm. through to the Ronaldo days. And some of the great goals you saw them hit on the counter. And you just saw a sense that that could be coming back. And Zlatan, that was a proper centre-forward's head, oh, absolutely, wasn't it, absolutely. They were, I, whenever I watch him there, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the ghost of Cantona already. Yeah, and I've got to tell you, and forgive me now, I'm not trying to dampen Arda <laughs> down, but there were two or three times where with Flick's in midfield, yes. he gave the ball away, yes. which mm. on occasions Eric did and will get rebuked by certain people like Roy Keane at the time. And Eric actually got better at Manchester United in return. So Zlatan was fantastic, gets the goals, looks apart, maintains that incredible goal-scoring run. He must be so yes. full of confidence. Yes. But there are one or two things that I'm sure 
Jose Mourinho will just be flagging up about against better teams than Southampton, we can't afford to lose he's, the ball there. He's, he's won the league in his debut season in, in six countries. And there is a lot about Cantona about him in the way that other players will respond to him. Mm. Other players will take his lead. He's not afraid to say what needs to be said when they did the flash interview to our, our colleagues at Sky TV there was, afterwards. There was good, there was good uh, chemistry between him and Pogba, wasn't and Pogba, there? Pogba, that's right. And he said to Pogba, look, next time you've got to pass to me. Yeah. <laughs> With that chance you had later on, you've got to pass to me. I'll score it. You know, He seems to have nudged Wayne Rooney off penalty duties as well, which yeah. didn't really get a lot uh, said afterwards. But he quite clearly is someone who relishes the pressure. That's what United need. Rooney's had a clear run at it for some time and hasn't really responded to it. Zlatan embraces it. And that's a key reason for me why I would edge United ahead of City. Zlatan is a winner and he is someone who is going to lead Manchester United back to the top for me. What about first impressions of Pogba? Very, very impressive. I mean, in many respects, throughout the game and the parts he did, he was the equal to Zlatan, but without the goals there to round it off. I thought he had a good game. I just think that commercially, you know, <laughs> Manchester United's directors and whatever must be sitting there thinking, how did we lose this guy? And I know the issue is then Fergie's the breakdown in relationship between Alex Ferguson and the agent, and yet the same agent's trousered supposedly £20 million for bringing him back. And you just think, this is the mad world of Premier League football. But, now. you know, I, I've seen a lot of this, and I look at Real Madrid, a, a club that's let guys like Wesley Schneider go, and, and another top, they can't all play, you know, and no. I think, you know, we, we've written stuff about, you know, United have let Pogba go, Chelsea let Lukaku go, they let Matic go, they brought Matic back, they're trying to get Lukaku, that seems now to be tilting towards Everton. But I think as far as Man United are concerned, their view will be, even if we have paid so much money for him, he's arrived and as you say, he looks a commercial monster. He's 23 years old, he's got 10 years ahead of him. If he can add goals to his game, he will be worth the money. But commercially, to the territories where they've been flagging, United will be back where they want to be. And Pogba himself, I think he will help United to win the title. I don't agree with the people who say he looks a bargain already because for him to be a bargain, you know, he's got to score those three chances and then he might look like a bargain. I think at the moment he looks good and it's a decent debut performance, but there is still a lot for him to prove to become the game changer that the sort of guy like Gareth Bale or Ronaldo would be. Now you talked earlier there, David, about the mad world of football. Mm. I'll give you two words. Hull City. <laughs> well... <laughs> Now, I, I'm I'm deeply impressed with what Mickey Phelan's done mm. there, and the of fact course he's playing Man United in the BT Sport next game. Week. Uh, yeah, and the fact is, Mike. Aside from the chaos engulfing that club and the challenges with so few players, Hull have won the first two games as a newly promoted team. That's the first time it's happened since 2002 when Bolton Wanderers came up. So you think of all the teams that have come up in between, nobody has managed to win two games as Hull have just done, and Hull have done it amid all the chaos, all the madness of yeah. not enough players. Now, I've seen in football, and you've seen it, sometimes, and it's particularly with clubs in administration and financial straits, dire financial straits, where it almost unifies the mm. team and they actually can get together as a group and almost really relish defying the odds and what's going on. And I think that can happen. Normally when you come out of administration, they all become singular entities and want a new contract and look after number one again. But I do sense Mickey Phelan, who's a really smart lad, he's, he's had a great background and worked with some very good managers and coaches, not just Sir Alex at Old Trafford, but right through his career from his Burnley days. He's a 
cute cookie and knowing what's going on. I think he'll pull that together. What happens, say, October time, the transfer windows close, if he's still in charge and the staggering on, I still fear for the long term. But nobody could have asked more of, of him and that group of players. It's not just Michael Phelan, it's the way the players have responded. Mm. Those players, I was speaking to a coach last week and he said, what you've got to remember is players love a bit of trauma. They mm -hmm. respond to trauma. Yeah. Within that group, who's most impressed you? Uh, well, the midfielder, Sam Klukas, has done very well. Jake Livermore slid into central defence particularly well. Yeah. Looks like he's found a natural position through adversity. Um, I think Tom Huddleston has shown a lot of leadership as well. They took a picture just before the start of the season. Yeah. Uh, just the 13 of them. That was on the tour in Austria, wasn't it? Yeah, Absolutely, yeah, as if to say. And, and, and there were, you could see the camaraderie, the bond between them. After matches, they've got the team huddled uh, and, and, and they're all basically reaffirming their commitment to the cause. And there were quite a few of them. Abel Hernandez providing the cutting edge up front, scored a mm. second uh, goal in this many games at the weekend. Ludicrously, has been linked with Aston Villa. Why would want to go to that basket place of a club? <laughs> to be fair, he is in one now. But, <laughs> but I think that they have something there, but something th very Dan, special. The, the other thing, you, you reel off some names there, and they're very good names. Those are players like Tom Huddleston's one, Livermore's another, yes. who you've said, you've seen them, we've all seen them, what promise they had. Yes, Curtis yet, Davis is the absolute, one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. And you end up with them being at probably at bigger clubs or better clubs than Hull City, mm. and yet becoming squad men and sort of on the front. Now they are right in the middle of yes. this and the pressure's really on and they are, they've responded they to it. To I do it. think there's a part of this where the nature of the you know the chaos at yes. Hull City yes. is now forcing that and they deliver on it. They're but great. You know, but they need they need bodies in this week, surely, don't they? Absolutely. I wrote about this for the Daily Mirror um, a couple of weeks ago about um, Steve Bruce concerned at the lack of bodies and the unwillingness of the chief, uh, the vice chairman, Ehab Alam, to bring in permanent signings because they are trying to sell the club. The owner, SM, is in, in poor health. They want to sell the club on. But uh, who is... Well, you know, I think... Uh, Funnily enough, because of the camaraderie that they're showing, I think it will attract players. I think mm. players will want to go there. I think they will see the application and the appetite from the squad and the individuals within that squad and say, actually, I do want to be part of this. And they aren't such a poor proposition as people make them out to be. And they aren't dead certs for relegation. But Bolton side you mentioned, they stayed up by four points in that season, 2002. Mm. It is possible for Hull to do that. We saw with Leicester last season... People write you off, you just go on proving them wrong. That's what Hull are doing. At the other end of the financial spectrum, Manchester City. Mm. John Stones already looks a prototype Pep player, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, I've got to say, I felt at the time they paid over the odds for him for a lad who last season ended up either on the bench or being an emergency right-back for Everton. You're thinking, but Pep's had the vision and they've been at it for it's ages. round peg, round That's peg. Right got to do this and this is where he's going to play and the boy appears to be responding to it the fee doesn't appear to trouble him at the moment and they have set off in terms of the pep revolution and he clearly is changing things we've seen he's changed the on-field style of play probably even more challenging for players is the off-field style as in reporting mm. for games at 9am you know being there right through the mm. day they think they've finished when they've played the game no they've got to report them for a meal together etc load of things in terms of the personal discipline that i think most and i say this british footballers 
don't doubt that some of the lads who come in from Spain have had a similar regime, but I think it will be a challenge and it will be interesting to see in terms of mm. the time they spend on the training ground and the time he demands from them on match days, how that goes. Key is, do you want to learn? Do you want to be a true mm. professional? Now, there are really good signs from Raheem Sterling that he's responding mm. to that mm. tough love, if you like. Mm. Yeah, he couldn't get an assist to save his life last season. He's had three in the last two games, and he does look like a player reborn. Lots of people had said maybe he would be one that Guardiola wouldn't fancy. I couldn't really see that because he is still very young, and there is still a lot to work with there. He's got that pace. He's got the eye for goal that we saw at Liverpool. So there was always an asset if he could just restore his confidence, mm. which he looks to have done but since he's he arrived come back, there. Remember, from the on the back of the Euros, yes. where he's been the biggest whipping boy for all the frustrations Absolutely. of England. I mean, ironically, you've two there with him and Joe Hart, yes. both mm. to be picked up, and one of them has responded, and the other looks as if he's been dismissed. And the interesting thing about Joe Hart is that, as you say in your question, do you want to learn? Well, Guardiola says, if you stay, I will turn you into the kind of goalkeeper that I want you mm, to be. Yeah. But Joe Hart obviously feels he needs to play and is going to go elsewhere. Um, is that a good decision? I mean... Listen, I'm not one of these people who feels that Guardiola's been really harsh on him and that the treatment is disgusting. He's said to him, nice, he's let him know where he stands and he said, look, at the moment, you're not for me. You can be if you want to stay, but if you don't, there is time for you to go and find another club. I think that's relatively fair. I was at Watford against Chelsea at the weekend. Conti, when he was speaking to the Monday journalist, said, I like to tell players the truth. Mm. That way, when the football is all over, I can look them in the eye and say to them, look, I was honest and I was open with you. That's what Guardiola's done with Hart. Mm. Whether it's really up to Hart to decide what he wants to do, but it's quite instructive for us in terms of English players. We thought Hart was the best thing since sliced bread. It quite clearly isn't, and he has some way to go as far as Guardiola's mm. concerned. It's been ever thus, isn't it? Big managers make big decisions. Yeah. Carlos Bravo... Eventually, it seems, is going to turn up yeah. and, um, and he will be the first choice. <clears throat> Joe Hart, if you're in his position, would you stay and fight or would you go to Everton, who are going to give you a, a lifeboat? Well, I'm not sure Joe will want to stay and fight if he's not going to be in the first team. And I've got to say, if, if I was Joe now, just parking the incoming signing mm. of a... So it's not going to affect his England place. No. You know, Sam Allardyce has already said he's going to pick No, him. no, no, but what would get to me if I was Joe was that Willy Caballero has been preferred to yes. me because you're not bringing one in to say, Joe, you're, you've got competition. There's a guy who's been perceived and inside the club is seen very much as Joe's inferior has been preferred to him. Mm. So in effect, by signing another one, does Joe go to being number three in this? That's, that's the he problem. Would. So that's why Joe goes. But that's part of the mechanism to get out of the club, Absolutely. isn't Absolutely. I've got to say, I'm, I'm not too sure that Ronald Koeman will steam in and buy him. I think he could stick with Stecklenburg. I think the way they're looking and what Everton have got, and I think Ronald, from we did a column with him in the during the Euros, uh, I think he's got a view of how he wants goalkeepers to play as well. And I'm not, I'm not sure if Joe fits that uh, blueprint. I would it. agree with that. I, I thought I saw Stecklenburg last week in his opening game. He was fantastic, pulled off some match-winning saves. He was decent again at the weekend. He was one of the first players that Koeman moved for when he went to Everton. He does like an authoritative goalkeeper. He managed to have one of the best defences in the Premier League when he was at Southampton. And I think in Stecklenburg, a lot of people are dismissing him almost and saying Everton are going to move for Hart. I would, I would imagine on the basis that they would be able to pay for Hart, mm. although 20, £30 million pounds for a 29-year-old doesn't make a lot of financial mm. sense to me. Um, but I think as far as Stecklenburg is concerned, 
I think he's Cooman's man, and I am mm. doubtful that he would pay for Joe Hart to go to the club. Can I say one other thing about Joe Hart as well? Much as, and you've said about the perception we have in, in England about him, and he's mm. the main man and what he's done and established himself. That isn't the view they have in continental Europe about Joe Hart or English goalkeepers. Mm. They think he's very robotic, mm. muscular, mm. big, solid, etc. But in terms of what the demands are now of modern goalkeeping, that isn't, he doesn't fit the blueprint of what they're looking for. That's such a good point. I know, I know you want to move on, but I just want to throw this in as well because I, I agree with that. I remember when we were raving about a young Jack Wilshire, great on the ball, fantastic vision, eye for a pass, whatever else. Guardiola at the time, so we got two or three of them in the B team. You know, it, 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 I know you guys love him, but to us, he's not that special. And I think this is an instructive period for us as far as uh, Hart is concerned. We see him as so much, so much, so far superior to the other goalkeepers, but he isn't. And I think it's a reality check as far as Guardiola and Hart are concerned. Another person coming out of City looks like Wilfried Boney now. Yeah. He, it looks like he's going to go to China. Uh, in the January window, mm. to you know, with his big wad of cash, yeah. West Ham want him on loan. Until then, that probably makes sense for both sides, doesn't it? Given that West Ham have got this massive injury list. Yeah, I think the the big issue, well, from the West Ham point of view, it makes total sense to get replacements in quickly, especially if you can take a view at it and where we're going to be in the January. If you've got that, and he, he may move on. I understand that this probably three or four star men at Man City who are now reviewing where they're, cause they're not seeing life in the, in the first team squad in you know, match days but you've obviously got Nasri and Yaya Toure are in that and another one is Wilfred Boney and, and from what I hear Wilfred Boney is of the view I want to play football I want to actually get out there and be playing. I think the other two I mentioned, Yaya and Nasri, may well sit tight and just say, well, we'll run the contract down or take the wages here. But remember, and Manchester City have done this, for instance, with Scott Sinclair when they let him out on loan. If, if he goes out and the clubs can't afford his wages as a loan, you can bet Manchester City will be subsidising the loan anyway. So, Wilfred Boney, don't cry too many tears of how hard at Wilfred's going to be if he has a six months or four months or whatever on loan somewhere. Yeah, he won't be driving a lorry to Swansea, will he? <laughs> he, won't, he won't. What about uh, West Ham, and specifically Andy Carroll? Mm. Now, Bilic, it seems to me, is losing patience. He can't trust him anymore, can he? I have to say, I was very shocked by the comments from Slavin Bilic at the press conference, he looked genuinely annoyed about the Andy Carroll situation. And for him, and he's a very mild-mannered, guarded fella. So for him to say, he, did, he drew an imaginary circle with his finger and he said, when you plan around one player and he's injured, always, and, and you can't count on him. For him to say that is quite something. Andy Carroll, who uses social media, he'll know how the land lies. He will have watched that and he will have been struck by that. Mm. He's out for four to six weeks with a knee injury. He had most of last season wrecked by injury as well. He's a luckless footballer because it just seems to follow him around. Where the West Ham Luckless look or lack of conditioning? Well, it's a, it's a good question. Um, and I think he certainly will have to look at the way he looks after himself mm. on the basis of what's happened. I think West Ham will have to look at the training regimes, although I know they've spent a lot of money trying to get to the bottom of his problems. And, to, and, and they had believed that they had done that going into this season, which is why they weren't willing to listen to offers for him going into the current campaign. Um, but I would imagine now, based on what he has said, and I'm, I must just tell you this, my understanding is 
they didn't want him to play in that game against uh, Astra Georgia, the first leg, mm. last Thursday. They felt that Ashley Fletcher should have played in that game. Carroll had a slight niggle ahead of the Chelsea game, but they, they thought it was a gamble worth taking. Against Astra Georgia, they didn't, and they felt he should have had a week to recover to, so that, that he could play against Bournemouth. So there is a little bit of sort of head scratching mm. behind the scenes. But, you know, but I think as far as Carroll is concerned, I think he now has a bleak future mm. for me. Even when he's fit, I think if they get a good offer for him, I think he'll move on. See, I, I, I spotted yesterday that um, Andy Carroll's tweeted about how you know he's gutted that he's not playing. And yes. he's, you know, good I'm a 15 to 20 Well, that was the bit that got me. The I'm a 15. And I thought, hang about, that, that doesn't... Do. And of course, he, he did break the 15-goal barrier in one season mm. and it was in the championship with Newcastle when they came steaming back up mm. with Chris Hewton's mm. team but the one thing for all his talent and you know let's be honest Andy Carroll has a talent but his big problems are you can't rely on him to stay fit mm. as in long term he's mm. never mm. done that and two he's not a prolific goal scorer no. unless he goes down to the championship I think you meant 15 to 20 game a season <laughs> <laughs> Well, even so, but I do, I do. do your your point about Boney, it, the the two dovetail because Sam Allardyce wanted Andy Carroll. He talks in his book about it. You talk to people at the club. Allardyce was absolutely determined to have him. And a, a few years ago, they could have signed Wilfred Boney a couple of years ago for around about eight million pounds. They had a deal done, and Allardyce said, "No, I want." Carroll. He had a very clearly defined way he wanted to play and he, he wanted that to be based around Carroll rather than Walford Boney. So obviously they're not going to buy him, they're going to try and loan him but it's a, we talk about players going back to clubs eventually and whatever else. Boney is that man that should have been at, at West Ham a long time ago and now obviously he's going to come and maybe get them out of trouble. Mm. Now Darren, you, you, as you said, you, you saw Chelsea probably get away with it at Watford, didn't you? They were horrendous. <laughs> they were really bad. And I think, uh, obviously, Capu's goal, a fabulous strike, uh, 10 minutes into the second half, only a matter of time. But uh, Amrabat down the right-hand side had uh, uh, Azpilicueta, who's a decent fullback on toast. Uh, Adlin Guardiola played, Guardiola played really well. And I think West Ham... Uh, Watford were full value for their lead, but they got out of trouble because of poor goalkeeping from the goalkeeper, uh, Gomez, mm. who, who completely lost his focus towards the end of the game. And Batshuayi came off the bench to score the equaliser, and Costa scored, obviously, late on. Um, there is obviously something for Chelsea to work with, but I would not get carried away in believing that suddenly... Um, uh, Conte has sprinkled his stardust on that squad of players and that they're suddenly world beaters. Costa, you know, another late goal. Another question to be asked. A very mm. familiar question, David. Yeah. Should he have been on the pitch to score the goal? No, no he shouldn't be. And, and one of the points, and Robbie Savage was hammering the desk about this at the weekend, um, and I've got to say I'm, I, I sympathise with Robbie on this totally, which is... I support a referee's clampdown on dissent, without a doubt, and, and the assistant referee's linesman, whatever. If we're going to have it, it's got to be consistent. If we're going to have the things about grappling and put shirt pulling and holding, it's got to be consistent. So it's no good a referee at Stoke versus Manchester City spotting things and giving everything. And it's no good, and quite rightly, and you could argue if you're a Bournemouth 
member of management that the sending off of Harry Arter was a critical part to what happened at West Ham. That was Ham. a nil-nil draw Absolutely. until Absolutely. Well, it may well have been. You know, who knows? Mm. But it certainly doesn't happen. Now, I think Harry Arter deserved his booking in the first half for the, for the descent. So it leads to what happens next. Now, you look at those and you go, OK, that's fine. We are in a world where the referees are supposedly analysing all the video footage of these decisions. Well, then you've got to look at some of the Diego Cossing, whoever the referees say, how do you accept that? How, yeah, yeah that, the, the tackle the other night on, on the, the West... Uh, you know, he should have been an automatic red card. The mm. ball's the far side. Of him. He's just gone playing into the back of him. It's not a second yellow. That can be a red card. You know it's reckless and dangerous. about what you're saying, David? I was at the uh, pre-season meeting held by Martin Glenn was there, uh, Mike Riley was there, Sean Harvey from the Football League, um, Richard Scudamore from the Premier League as well, and they were telling us about this so-called one-game solution. And they were telling us, these aren't new rules, we are just going to be harder on the rules that are already in place. And we asked them, because obviously we were tweeting and people were saying, oh, it will never last, and, we, and so we asked them. What about consistency? This comes mm. around every year. It peters out. We had the respect campaign. We had this, that, and the other over the last 15 years. And they said, we will work hard on consistency. They said, obviously, with these new things, the word that Mike Riley used was recalibration. He says it takes a bit of time to recalibrate. Uh, in other words, it probably go up in smoke. Mm. But it is fascinating to see. And the match that you talk about with Diego Costa, it wasn't so much the challenge on Adrian beforehand uh, Costa challenged the decision and he put his hands on Anthony Taylor yeah, yeah. and under the rules that's, Mike Riley said that is a yellow card he, he should have been carded yeah. he put his hands on Anthony Taylor mm. twice now they may split hairs and say it was a non-aggressive fashion well actually it was while he was challenging a decision so you would deem that to be aggressive yeah. so for me it is consistency. It is an unwillingness to actually impose the rules as they said they would uh, in the, the right way. The danger is, Mike, that we're, we're dealing with this now and by October, say November, will it have all evaporated? And here is the other one. Let's say, and I hope it doesn't, in particularly about the descent and the way players are... Let's say we've got the curb on this and on, blocking people or grabbing mm. shirts. Have UEFA adopted the same thing? Mm. I've not seen it. So, for instance, our players go into Champions League games and you're playing some high-profile match. Are they going to get... I mean, I guess Benucci and co at Juventus will still be masters of the dark arts, so set-pieces, mm. etc. In that sense, we're, we're, we're playing it into the hands of the opposition. And talking of those dark arts... Giorgio Chiellini has been linked with Chelsea. I would, I would, I'd love that, wouldn't you? Please make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, but you see, it's interesting. Costa obviously want uh, uh, Conte wants a bit of devil in his back line. He wants that that kind of uh, experienced campaigner to to almost uh, worry attacking players out of it and he would be one of those yeah, he's, players. He's a very good player. I mean, he is a very competent like, player He can as well. play and he does read the game brilliantly so he's got mm. a lot of virtues but given where he has been taught the game and where the way he's been brought through there, you know, they are not shy at uh, imposing themselves on people and no. bending rules, are they? Now this is the last weekend before the international break. Yes. Uh, for me, one of the standout fixtures is, is Spurs against Liverpool. Mm. Liverpool completely, terminally inconsistent. Tottenham did well, Janssen played, gave mm. him a bit more of a dimension. How do you see that one going? Well, the Liverpool thing, I think, is very interesting in terms of 
Jurgen Klopp got the six-year deal, which sort of came out of nowhere in many mm. respects, and they, but they made this long-term commitment to him. Looking at the game at, that they had at Burnley, the single biggest fact wasn't the possession, because possession doesn't win you games, you've got to score goals. It was the fact that for all that and for all the 18, 20 shots, attempts at goal, they never got any breakthrough. And then you look at the way that they're still so soft at the back. Mm. So looked yeah. like Arsenal, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And look what they did to them the week before sort yeah. of thing. So we hail a new dawn at Liverpool and haven't they played well this week? And then you see that and you just despair. So somewhere in there, for me, you'd look at it and go, do you know what? We're playing away at Burnley. We should have at least come away with a nil-nil draw if we've not scored. But that's where you're looking at the, the frailties at the back. Mm. What about Tottenham? You know, obviously a club you know well, mm. Darren. Um, does Janssen give Harry Kane a bit more options? You know, playing in that slightly withdrawn role in the number 10 role. What do you mm. think? I think he does. I think you'll find his feet. He was very unlucky at the weekend and missed a sitter. But I think what... Mauricio Pochettino said afterwards is that he is going to try and find the formula that enables each of them to get the best out of the other. I think if he wants to play one striker, he can do play with either or. If he wants to play with both strikers, and as you say, he could play with Kane in the ball withdrawal role. If he wants to play with Deli Ali behind one of them, then Ali is, uh, and when Ali certainly came on, mm. he provided a superb pass for Janssen mm. to get in on goal. So, yes, I think he does. And I think he is the player that they needed because there had been so much emphasis on Harry Kane. There had been so much pressure, actually, on Harry Kane. And it delivered, to be fair to him. But they needed someone to take that pressure off him. And I think Janssen, even though he hasn't scored in the first couple of games, the fact that they've won and that his misses haven't cost them points, that is still a good thing because I think his confidence will still be high. He had a great record in uh, Holland for AZ Alkmaar. I think that will continue here in England. Mm. Look at Leicester and Arsenal. You know, already five points behind. I know it's only two games. If you, we, we've got Arsene Wenger now almost speaking like a chief executive rather than, <laughs> yeah. than a football manager. <laughs> yeah. uh, and part of it is saying media pressure influences the fans. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think he's right, it does, but he can affect the media. He puts himself or induces media pressure, so you end up with what I would deem a self-fulfilling story. So the at the end of last season, there were, were the, the reports of the campaign they wanted for change, you know, and they wanted Wenger to go, and then the club were very, very strong in the fact that when it was the demonstration, was it 10%? They said there were only 10% in the stadium, so it was so small it didn't really count. You know, the, 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 they're very noisy, but there's not a lot of them. So then you look at it, and the way Arsene talks it up and, and implies um, that it could lead to his downfall, it will do. That, that is where he's going, but he knows what he's got to do. The team's not good enough, Mike. That's, the simple fact is we keep being told by Arsenal, they have senior officials, they have got money to spend if Arsene wants to spend it. And if he genuinely believes that the squad he's got is good enough to be at the level that Arsenal, Arsene Wenger in particular, is a winner, mm. he thinks that's acceptable with what his view is, his vision, so be it. But I don't think he does. Mustafi, the uh, Valencia defender, has been linked £50 million. Pounds. Now, is that the price of Wenger's indecision? No, um, I, I think he is. Um, I think, as far as Mustafi is concerned, he's he's never quite sure. When when other managers are very decisive, they look at a player a few times and they make very quick decisions about whether they want them. 
Wenger quite clearly to have left it this late hasn't been quite sure about Mustafi and I think he's only really gone in hard for him because of the injuries that he's had that have made bringing him in a priority Koscielny was a gamble you see the papers mm. uh, after the game at the mm. weekend and he says that it was a gamble but it paid off to play him against uh, Leicester Mustafi I don't think he's quite sure about but I do think that if you were to bring him in he would have that command he would have answered first of all the questions from the fans because mm. they do believe that they do need an experienced centre-half Mustafi himself is a very capable player indeed what they need up front is an, inje is an injection of quality Lacazette is scoring goals for fun but he won't pay the money for him now to be if I'm perfectly honest I, I, I'm in both camps here because I can see Arsene Wenger saying some of the money flying around for footballers at the moment is just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. £30 million pounds for, for, they were quoting for Troy Deeney the other day, 13 mm -hmm. goals in the Premier League last season. Yannick Balassi has gone for £30 million, pounds, nine goals in the last two, three Premier League seasons. Some of the money flying around is just, people are saying, oh, well, he could have bought Gonzalo Higuain. He's nearly 30 and the guy mm -hmm. has scored, look, he scored goals in, in the Italian mm -hmm. league. But 70, 80 million pounds. I mean, goodness mm. me, I'd like mm. someone to sell my house, please. <laughs> but, 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 Darren, I'll tell you one thing, that, and this is what you know, I hear on the grapevine from other scouts. The amount of work the Arsenal scouting network are putting in across, I say, the global sort mm. of perspective, particularly in Europe, they've got really good groundwork done and often to the brink of having some players who are now you know, international names they were there, they are on the plate. And, and then Wenger's not sure. at the last minute backs yeah. off. And well, it's lost paralysis by overanalysis. Yes. I'm sorry, Arsene, the truth hurts. Thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.